Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. WWE teams up with Netflix. Could that be in the Big 12's future? We'll discuss the reasons why and why not that might happen. Also, Big 12 basketball, looking at some games tonight, and also some some problem with Kansas. Jayhawks, are we concerned at all with the way that they are playing as we get into late January? I'm Josh Neighbors. This is the Big 12 Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Find us on X slash Twitter at NWPod365. You all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. That's where you all can get my Big 12 best bets. Uh, we are, let's see, I think this week was a two and two week. I want to say two, two and one, maybe, uh, we got a, well, it was a push from Texas tech. Let's see. Iowa state covers, uh, Texas tech covers K state does not. So we were two, one and one this week that gets us to 10, five and three overall ATS. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. So you all can find those picks best bets every Saturday at Josh neighbors underscore also, you guys can find my Big 12 and sports thoughts in general. And if you guys find us on podcast platforms, like and subscribe, please. That helps us out when you all do that. Leave your comments as well. All right, folks, let's get down to business. So the big news today in the sports media world is WWE Raw is going to be going over to Netflix. And my question is, could this uh, impact the Big 12? I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because obviously the Big 12 uh, shares a consultant endeavor with WWE. And look, um, you know, I know just because Endeavor is a parent company does not mean anything, right? Uh, it doesn't mean anything at all. But if a successful deal works out for one of their clients slash partners, you know, why wouldn't that be the same thing? And, and look, Endeavor is not, you know, WWE is not a client of theirs. They actually own it. TKO, the holding group, is, is the name of the company that owns the UFC and WWE, WWE all under one group. But also Endeavor, they've got some folks there who negotiate contracts for WNBA. They do it for the NCAA for their non-football and basketball championships. So there is a lot to uh, to get at here when it comes to this story. All right. So Netflix is going to pay $5 billion for the rights to WWE in a live event push. All right. And you all can, uh, I'm not sure what your you know preference is about where you all want to read this from, but uh, if you guys just look up WWE raw, you all can find it. CNBC, it was a uh, money channel, obviously. Uh, is where I will read from here today. The way this is going to work is uh, Tuesday, it was said that uh, the streaming platform, Netflix, is going to air WWE's flagship program, Raw, starting next year in Netflix's first major foray into live sports. The 10-year deal is valued at more than $5 billion. According to a company filing, Netflix will have the option to exit the deal after five years and to extend it for another decade. The streaming platform will be able to stream Raw globally and we'll start uh, and we'll start the agreement with exclusive rights 
to it in the US, Canada, UK, Latin America. Netflix will also be the home for all WWE shows and specials outside the US, including SmackDown and NXT, as well as WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble. So they will get WWE's big flagship events outside of the United States, outside of uh, the United States. Um, let's see, TKA, TKO shares uh, spiked more than 20% following the news, as they always do. And a separate announcement that former actor and wrestling superstar Dwayne Johnson would join its board of directors. Netflix shares rose more than 1% hours after the company. Uh, Netflix, which is trying to drive revenue by cutting down on subscription sharing and pushing viewers toward its ad tier membership, has made a few attempts to live programming in its history, adding Raw, which currently airs on USA Network and produces three hours of live programming per week year-round to its programming lineup, will be a boon to the platform and a significant historical shift. Uh, there's some comments in there. Netflix has dabbled in sports recently with a documentary type series about Formula One and pro golf, tennis and football. Uh, this deal will allow Netflix to tap into WWE intellectual property for similar projects. With WWE permission, Netflix could even develop movies or series around WWE characters, a person familiar with the matter set. So that's that's kind of what they want, right? The IP, you can use WWE if you wanted to do a, a, a show about uh, a wrestler, or like if you want to do a wrestling movie, right? We're talking about the, the Iron Claw movie. It's out there right now. They could use WWE, I'm sure, licensing and whatnot and be able to, to get all that stuff taken care of. So kind of uh, advantage in that space. But I'll tell you what, this is a jump into the live programming space. And it's a smart one for Netflix. I'll tell you why. Uh, wrestling, in particular, WWE has a pretty strong, like there is a pretty good foundation for Raw. Like Raw's, Raw's watching numbers are usually like it's a pretty finite number of people you're going to get. And so with that, you know, you're going to get a steady number of people every single week. And the fact that you're going to get, you know, four or five of those a month, you're doing monthly subscriptions and whatnot, like people will pay for it. Now, you know, I think a lot of households already have Netflix. This will add definitely more that will have it though, because there's some people who just love wrestling and they'll watch it no matter what. Um, so this to me makes a lot of sense as kind of your first foray into sports because it is not a sport, but in the sense that it is, WWE is a star-driven enterprise, right? Pro wrestling is a star-driven sport, the same way mixed martial arts is. You know, when you've got guys uh, like Brock Lesnar's around, you know, I mean, he was with both, right? It, it, it's great for business. Uh, particularly Brock Lesnar's UFC run was really good for business. Uh, it's when UFC exploded. Uh, you know, it's star driven with guys like Roman Reigns, right? You know, guys like uh, when Kofi Kingston was red hot and Seth Rollins right now and, and people like that. So it's it's kind of a star driven thing. That's why it's got the, in some senses, the volatility of a sport. You know, CM Punk, another great example, John Cena, so Randy Orton. So when it's hot, it's hot. You know, when it's got some cool moments, you know, it cools down too. But that is that is what sports generally are, right? That's, that's kind of, you know, there are some hot and cold moments. Um, but for them, right, you know, this is, um, you know, this is, I think, a, a worthwhile investment. I will say if it goes well, there is an avenue there for the Big 12 to join, right, the, to, to go in on this. Because this last Big 12 TV contract was all about stability. It was all about stability. It was all about being the Pac-12. It was all about finding a good number. It was about so many things, right, with conference realignment happening, with the loss of Texas and Oklahoma and all of that. 
it was about finding stability. The next one's going to be about trying to get to a competitive level, we think, right? And so the big driver of all of this is going to be one simple thing. Where is the future of college football heading? If we have a super league by the time, you know, 2030 rolls around when the Big 12's next TV contract is up, well, you, you might start be, you know, you might start worrying, or at least when you think it's going to be negotiated. You might start worrying about that because if we have, if we go Super League, I have a hunch that players will be employees. I have a punch a hunch that they'll be paid through the schools, right? And you know, you'd hope Big Twelve schools are a part of that. But if we're going to a payroll model, uh, Big Twelve schools to be a part of that situation, you know, like I feel like the payrolls are going to be relatively even, right? In, in a Super League, and so the, you know, how does that work? I mean, is it going to be a Super League where payrolls are uneven because if that's the case, if we're going to end up going to a payroll type model, the Big 12's biggest concern is going to be getting as much money as possible, right? You don't really care about visibility because you need money to pay players. And if paying players is through the schools, then it's important to get the most money possible from a TV partner. And so if if we're in a super league, like, you know, um, a super league under one TV contract, you're not too worried about it. You'd think it'd be pretty pretty finite with the pay. If we have a super league, but people are getting different amounts of money, that's, that's a weird situation. Or we might just be where we're at right now. Different leagues, 12 team playoff. Everybody is still chasing cash. And here's the thing, guys, if we're, if we're in that space, it might just be worth it for the big 12 to chase the money anyway, right? The big 12 got safe. They ended up being safe this time around. But if everybody's just chasing bags and we're concerned about the big 12 falling behind other leagues, Grabbing the biggest bag and not worrying about exposure is smart. Right now, exposure is smart because you have a new league and you want to kind of build an identity, right? But we've acknowledged that with this identity, there is a significant gap between what the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12 are going to make, and the ACC by extension as well. And, you know, concerns over that gap are ultimately what killed the Pac-12, right? So you have to think, what is most important, right? Can Big 12 schools compete with others, you know, the SECs, the Big Tens, and, you know, I'm not talking about like Purdue, although I am in some senses, uh, if they're not getting as big of a bag as possible when it comes to TV. And here's the thing. Netflix has a, has a significant desire here to get involved. Um, if things go well on the WWE side, could, you know, your contacts inside of Endeavor help you get a deal there? Maybe WWE is is willing to or WWE Netflix is willing to pay what we would think is a lot of money for Big 12 rights because they are you know wanting to get involved in the college football space and college basketball space. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And here's the thing: we're seeing now more and more companies want to get involved. Amazon Prime is in football. You know, uh, P, NBC's Peacock is is involved. Uh, Paramount Plus yet from CBS does not have college football, I don't think. But I mean, everything's on CBS Sports and whatnot, so I would be surprised if we don't filter over some there at this point. ESPN Plus obviously has plenty of Big 12 action, as we have seen, both football and basketball and baseball, right? So, uh, you know, these streaming things are getting involved. Hey, does like a Tubi want to get involved, right? Does does Roku, you know, do these kind of direct, you know, they, you get the Roku stick, you put it in the TV, uh, you know, does Roku want to start streaming sports and whatnot? Because these entities are already involved in the entertainment space, much like Netflix is, because they want to get involved in the live sports space. 
uh, you know, college football, once again, does very well. The viewership numbers are very good. And, you know, it's a, there's a solid fan base because there are fan bases that want to watch their teams play. And we know that they will pay to watch their teams play. So I think that's that's something that we should ultimately consider here is that this is possible. What does shape this, though, is going to be what college football looks like. If we just do a 30-team Super League, it's the SEC, it's the Big Ten, like, and I don't think it should just be that. That would be pretty short-sighted because there's a lot of Big Ten schools that could not hold the jockstrap of, I mean, like, you know, Kansas football is significantly better right now than some, some other Big Ten schools. Uh, you know, K-State football is better than Big Ten schools. TCU and, uh, you know, Baylor football generally, you know, Oklahoma State football. I mean, like, just I can keep going. Utah, um, better some of those you know, lower-tier programs, uh, you know, like better than Vanderbilt. You know, it's South Carolina's a de- nice program, but, they, you know, the fan base is great, but they're not as good as they think they are, as, as good as the fan base is, I should say. So I think we should put it when you put it in that context, like, uh, you know, Hey, like, what does a super league look like? I have a tough time believing it's just going to be those teams. Um, if it, if there's relegation and promotion, it might be the same concept though, right? Like if we're fighting for players still and there's relegation and promotion into a super league, you need the biggest bag possible to attract players to your school, uh, to be, to compete. So the big 12 would be smart to go after a Netflix if they're paying you more money, right? The conversation is more money versus more exposure, right? Those two things, you know, if you can get money and exposure, that's great. If you only get one, what are you valuing at the time? If the money's good enough and you want exposure, like the big 12 did, you got a good deal. If you're like, all right, we're falling too far behind in the money and the exposure doesn't really matter because we can't compete and we want the big time exposure, we need the money to get the exposure. If we're going, you know, promotion relegation in football, that makes sense too. So it's complicated, it's convoluted. But if you follow that reason, that 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 line of logic, then there is a chance we could see something like that, in my opinion. All right, let's talk some college hoops and let me know what you all think about that in the comment section. So last night uh, we saw Kansas get a win over Cincinnati, seventy-four to sixty-nine. It was awesome to see two in this game. Uh, you know, really awesome moment for Johnny uh, Furphy from Australia, where his parents were in town for the last two games. We got to see him at Allen Fieldhouse, and he had 23 points on seven of eight shooting, and he had 23 and 11 games. So good victory for them. Kansas, they're three and two in their last five games. I think this has to be mentioned, man. Dwan Harris shot 10 times last night. He needs to keep shooting. He needs to keep shooting. It, it just unlocks so much more of his team. Uh, you know, when he does, and I know Dickinson was, was not excellent last night. He had 10.6 rebounds. I thought actually, I thought Kentucky played really well. Every single Kentucky Cincinnati played really well. Every single time they went down, they had a nice, you know, some kind of response. They stuck in there as much as they could, but my eye is on Kansas in some ways. Also too, Kevin McCuller, you know, had a rough night and he's becoming a better player, but if you go five of 17, man, if they get a five of 17 from Kevin McCuller in the NCAA tournament, I am concerned about this team because Dewan Harris is sometimes not assertive enough. And the thing about some of these great Kansas teams is the assertiveness of their guards, Devonte Graham and Frank Mason and guys like that, you know, come to mind to me. I think about assertive Kansas Jayhawk guards. So I'm wondering about that moving forward. Big 12 tonight. Uh, what is on tap? Excuse me, Texas and OU, Red River. This is a big one for Texas, man. They they need to they got the big win at home over Baylor. 
according to Joe Lenardi's bracketology right now, which has been updated uh, today, this morning, um, he has got Texas in the next four out. That's a big improvement. Uh, and right now he has got, let's see, 10 Big 12 teams in, last of which would be TC, or excuse me, K-State right now is one of his last four in, as is Cincinnati, right? Uh, Texas is next four out. He's got TCU in last four buys. So plenty of opportunities for these Big 12 teams, obviously. You know, you can bounce around. We've seen it, but you don't want to dig yourself in too big of a hole where you cannot climb out a la Texas Tech last season. All right, so this, yeah, once again, we've got the uh, Oklahoma-Texas game, Red River. OU is number 11 in the country. I think this should be a close game. They usually are, uh, right? So three and two for OU. And Texas, it's a big difference between being three and three in the league and being uh, two and four in the league. West Virginia, not deep, but like, guys, they nuked Kansas the other night from three. Absolutely nuked them from three. They play UCF tonight, six, let's see, six o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. This is a huge game uh, for UCF. It's kind of a game that, hey, if we're going to stay in the conversation, stay in the fight, you got to win it. West Virginia, guys, they're two and three in the Big 12. So, like, no matter how bad things were in the early part of the season for them, they have turned stuff around just a little bit here. And, look, their their um, preseason was tough. Their, their non-conference losses to Monmouth, uh, lost to SMU, UVA not too bad of a loss, St. John's, Pitt, uh, UMass, Radford. Uh, Ohio State, like they they racked up a lot of losses, but you know you've already seen them get wins against Texas and Kansas. The big thing for them is they're not very good on the road, so you like UCF's chances. But they were fifty seven percent from three at home the other night. So if you see UCF, uh, you got to make sure you don't let them get hot from three. We'll see if they go press and press. Virginia gets pressed in this game. Eight o'clock on ESPN Plus, the one ranked versus ranked game tonight is Houston a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at the Marriott Center against BYU. BYU has been a very interesting team so far in conference play because uh, you know they've got a road win over UCF. It was a good road win. They beat Iowa State at home pretty, you know, pretty well. They were competitive against Texas Tech on the road too. So they've played, you know, they've lost at home. Uh, they have won at home. They've lost on the road. They've, they've won on the road. You kind of want to figure out where you are identity-wise. But this is a big game for them. They've got a two-game homestand here with Houston and Texas coming to town. You want to split, and getting off to a good start tonight would be a huge part of that. Houston looks like they're back on track. After back-to-back losses by a total of five points combined at Iowa State and then at TCU, it's good to see them back on track. They got one with a uh, 23-point win over Texas Tech and then a 15-point win over UCF. The defense for them has been fantastic. You expect nothing less McKelvin Sampson team. The offense, though, is going to need to come for them tonight on the road. Can they go shot for shot with a BYU team that I think is a lot of fun to watch play? Um, but, you know, let's see the physicality. Houston likes to rough teams up. Is BYU ready for the physicality of the uh, of the it's Cougars versus Cougars in this one, but uh, of the Red Cougars? That'll be the big question, I think, in that contest. Then finally, also 8 o'clock, TCU at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has not won a Big 12 game yet. TCU, wounded animal right now. Back-to-back losses, uh, a four-point loss against Cincinnati on the road in a game I thought they had won, and they clawed all the way back against Iowa State. So two losses by five points total. They're on the road, and they've got a tough stretch starting Saturday at Baylor. Texas Tech, uh, Texas 
and then at Iowa State. So a win here to get them back in the win column would be good, or else they might be facing uh, four straight losses when they go play Baylor on the road on Saturday. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter slash X at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show where we get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Midweek mailbag coming tomorrow. Send us your questions, please, folks. We'll take those questions. We'll answer them on the show tomorrow. And then also uh, find us where we get your podcasts and then leave those comments here. All right, folks, that'll do it. Talk to you tomorrow.